0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. A player who is currently on the Reds roster is being dismissed, and he shouldn't be. Because if he breaks out, then the Reds for sure win at least 75 games this season. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: You are Locked On Reds and it is a Aloha Friday. That's right. It's also Friday the 13th, but I promise you the only thing scary about today's show will be Jeff Carr's takes. I promise. Thanks so much for making Locked on Reds your first listen of the day. We are part of the Locked on Podcast Network, and we are free and available on all podcasting platforms. I'm your host, Stephen Offenbaker, alongside the aforementioned Bad Take Jeff Carr. And we have a passion for baseball. We have a passion for the Cincinnati Reds. and We have taken that passion and we have turned it into information. For you. On today's podcast, uh, you all had thoughts uh, in regards to my 100% correct take that Nick Senzo will bat second for the Reds in 2023. Uh, Jeff and I are going to dig into those thoughts and discuss why the Reds need Nick Senzo to finally have that breakout year we've all wanted him to have all along. Also, did you know that the Cincinnati reds apparently have a shot at being the 2032 world series champion? Well, we'll explore that a little bit and tell you why we're talking about 2032, uh, coming up here in a minute on this live Aloha Friday edition of the podcast. Don't forget, uh, be in the comment sections here on youtube give us your comments give us your questions we'll take a few of them throughout the show and then the entire back half of the show will be your comments and questions where we put you in the driver's seat and we talk about basically anything you want to talk about within reason a couple of you guys have been naughty the last few weeks and i love it but i'm not putting that stuff up on screen love you guys though all right jeff uh People have opinions and people have thoughts. I mean, the comment section's been uh, there's been participation in the comment section for hours already, just based on the title uh, that the Reds need Nixon Zell.
0: Yeah, you bring up the words Nixon Senzel, uh, You bring up the name Nixon Zell, and I think that it evokes quite a bit of emotion in Reds fans because we're talking about a guy who, at one point, was the promised prospect. He was the guy that when he got up here and when he got going, so would this team. Guess what? He hasn't gotten going. Guess what? The team hasn't either. We've talked a lot about Nixon Zell and why he needs to perform this year for him, why he needs to bounce back and kind of or really break out, not really bounce back. You can't bounce back if you were never somewhere to begin with. But the Reds also need him to perform because when you're talking about this team, Nixon Zell, is exactly the kind of player that the reds need to bank on working out if everything else is going to fall into place
1: well listen if you're looking for another everyday center fielder within this organization right now i don't know where you're gonna go right because there's not <laughs> a whole go? lot of there's a whole not a whole lot of other guys and listen i'm I am not for a a second trying to say that Nick Senzel has done anything to earn that spot. He hasn't. It's just by default, he's really the guy, at least at the beginning. I really hope that Matt McClain ends up taking that away from him. But if we're talking about what Nick Senzel has done for us lately, uh, just a, a painful review. According to baseball reference, Jeff, and this is a very painful number, the 2022 baseball season, not stellar at all for Nick Senzel. Wins above replacement of negative 1.3. That's good for an OPS plus of 64. Uh, That's well below league average, well below replacement level. Uh, Nick has a lot of work to do if he's going to stay in this lineup. Now, uh, what I'm saying is he's going to be there at the beginning, but, if if he continues to perform like that, he won't be in this lineup for long. They'll move somebody or make a deal for somebody and, and replace him in center field.
0: Yes, but let's talk about what happens should it work out, right? We like to talk about the optimistic side a little bit. And and when I say work out, I'm not saying become the guy that we thought he was going to be when the Reds drafted him. Looking back on it, like I, I pulled up fangraft to see what his scouting grades were as he was called up to the major leagues uh, going on four years ago now in 2019. And back then they had his hit tool as a possible 70, like a potential of getting to 70. And again, that's a scouting grade out of 80, which means that he was going to be and or he he was believed that he would develop into a elite hitter. That hasn't happened yet. And, and it's not even really a serviceable hitter that he's so far developed into. I think that if he can just be a little bit of what he was supposed to be, then the Reds are going to take that next step this year because we talk about the outfield and we talk about what they don't really have coming up soon and, and, and you hope that you can move Matt McClain to the outfield or you hope that you can move one of these other infield prospects to the outfield and they pan out or maybe they make a trade for an outfield prospect, but I still think that Nick Crawl, and I still think that this team Are going to give Nixon Zell some time to figure it out because what did we talk about whenever the Reds signed Will Myers? They got a guy on a pretty reasonable one year deal. The rest of this roster is going to be filled out with guys who are cheap when it comes to money and and guys whose contracts are very palatable. And even though there are those who would say, Why on earth did Nixon Zell get a raise? He hasn't warranted that raise just yet. He is still in that area where the Reds are happy with how much money he is making, and if he does pan out, then he becomes that value. Because right now he's, like we said, you know, he's negative value. And I even looked on fangrass, his his WAR on fangrass, which their calculations between them and Baseball Reference are a little bit different, and they were a little bit more generous to Nick Senzel, but only in the fact that his WAR was -0. 0.6 instead of negative. 1.3 so well it's it still sign to the show, extension geez. now <laughs> yeah he's got a lot of work to do he, he definitely does but if he pans out it's going to be so huge because this outfield is in shambles yeah,
1: listen, with Senzo, I mean, his best season by far was actually his rookie season when he first got called up yep. in May. Uh, that season, he had an OPS plus of 87. He hit 12 home runs that year, 42 RBIs, stole 14 bases. It was his best season in the majors. And I think I think the injuries have taken a toll on him. And, uh, you know, interesting. I'm going to jump into the comments here, Jeff, because, you know, Jimmy McFarland brings a pretty hot take question. And I want to see what you do with it. Uh, here since we're talking about Nick Senzo, yeah Jimmy McFarland says that Nick Senzo was a waste
0: of a draft pick do you agree with that was he a waste of a draft pick I think based on the time when he was drafted he wasn't it's it's always hard because and Doug Gray says this a lot and that drafting a major league baseball is next to impossible because think about some guys who went in later rounds like I think you know, one of the best examples is Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter wasn't like a number one pick, but he's a Hall of Famer. Like, there's a lot of Hall of Famers. I think Albert Pujols was like a a, com- a compensatory round guy. He wasn't even like a top first round. Mike Trout was not a high first round pick. It's It's very strange how everything works out, and there's so many variables that go into a guy's development. But when you go back to his draft profile, He was was a college hitter. He hit very well at Tennessee, played in the SEC, which many scouts say is basically low A, and he, he played super well there. So he looked like a polished prospect at that point. So you go back and you say, okay, there's a reason why they took him. It's just his development did not happen the way that they expected when they did pick.
1: Yeah, I, I think he was absolutely the right pick at the time. I think the Red Scouts did their due diligence. I think he was the right pick at the right time. Uh, I think the Reds bear a little bit of responsibility in how this whole thing has played out. And you and I have talked about this a lot. I won't go down that path other than to say, wow, ultimately Nick Senzel's the guy that's got to get out there and prove it. The Reds didn't make that very easy for him when they should have. When True. they should have uh, given him a, a, a red carpet welcome into Cincinnati they made him fight for it in ways that still baffle me but uh, I think he was the right pick at the right time and I'm not ready to give up on him just yet Jeff I think that while he may never be that that all-star level guy Uh, I think there still could be an above average major league baseball player trapped in there that may find his way out. And, and to your point on, on the draft and, you know, major league baseball being hard, you know, I think football has ruined everybody's, you know, expectations of the draft major league baseball players aren't, Major League ready when you draft them You don't get that and you never know what you're going to get For me the example I always Go back to with the Major League Baseball draft And this was the old way of the draft Mike Piazza was drafted By the Dodgers the very last Pick of a draft in the final Round because Tommy Lasorda knew, Yeah, yeah as, Tommy Lasorda knew Mike Piazza's Dad and yeah. drafted Mike Piazza As a favor and the guy goes on to be a Hall of Fame Catcher yeah. so you just never Know But uh, for me, I I mean, listen, I understand why people are frustrated with Nick Senzel. I get it. And I get why every time we just mention his name, everybody loses their mind. But – the Reds need him to do something at least early on. You know, once the once the great juggling act of 2023 comes along as prospects come up and guys find new positions and whatever it is that David Bell's going to do as I talked about yesterday to get all of these guys in the lineup, whatever that's going to be. Until that happens, they need Nick Senzel patrolling center field. They need him to be healthy. They need his defense. They need him to hit just a little bit. And if he can put up an OPS plus of 110, just to be 10% above league average in center field, that's a win for the Reds in
0: 2023. 100%. And I, I think there's so many people that are ready to move on from Nick Senzel. And the only way that you're moving on from him is that you're literally cutting him because you're not trading him for anything. So don't throw Senzel out with the bathwater just yet because the Reds need Nick Senzel to perform steve you know mlb.com likes to do these things where they predict into the future and they look at some stuff and they predict that the reds will make the world series but not this season (sighs) yeah i know i our our dreams were dashed i know that you and i both thought that was going to happen uh we will look at when mlb.com says they'll make the world series and discuss how it could happen coming up next Before we get to that, though, I wanted to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market, bar none because it's covered with 100% real chocolate, but it's got the kind of statistics that would make everybody on the Fangraph's website and the Baseball Reference website just absolutely salivate because those numbers are fantastic. We're talking about 120 calories, 130 calories per bar. We're looking at just about four grams of sugar and up to 17 grams of protein. They taste phenomenal too. You've got wonderful, wonderful flavors that most of them have the name puff at the end of them because let's face it when you cover a marshmallow with chocolate and make it healthy somehow then oh my gosh why wouldn't you eat that thing they've got some phenomenal puffs like puffs like the coconut puffs the churro puff all this great stuff you've got to check it out plus they've got some regular bars that are amazing too like cookies and cream they've got double chocolate which you can find in a four bar box if you go down to your local walmart walmart has them on the shelf right now we've always said hey go to built.com and place an order you can now go down to the store and pick some up or if you're near a sam's club you can grab a 13 bar mega box of like brownie batter and churro absolutely phenomenal stuff you got to check out built today because it's going to fit right in with your new year's resolution of getting healthier i know that i've made that new year's resolution. You can see that i'm drinking out of a chick-fil-a cup so it's going well uh but Bill's gonna help you figure that out because you can get some today at your local walmart or sam's club and you know what you can thank me later coming up next week we're gonna talk some prospects going to look at this reds farm system there's been a number of different rankings come out, whether you're looking at Baseball America, whether you're talking about MLB Pipeline, even Fangraphs came out with their rankings. Fangraphs rankings here recently have uh, riled up the Reds uh, faithful when it comes to those who know about uh, uh, Reds prospects. Shout out to our buddy Crazy, who was just like, yes, these are. Uh, I saw him tweet this. He's just like, these are rankings for someone who's never watched the Reds minor leagues, obviously. But uh yeah, some lots of stuff to talk about. And obviously the future of the team is super bright, Steve, because MLB.com has the Reds making the World Series in 2032. I've I've been trying to find a way to be
1: excited about this, <laughs> and that's nine that's nine years from now. First of all, it's There's- gonna happen before that, but yeah. <laughs> There's nobody, I mean, I don't even have any idea who's going to be on this team. I love how they do these type of projections. And, yeah. you know, it's, I, I I, mean, by the time you get that far out, it could very well have just been a guy throwing darts at a board. Um, You know, interesting that in that World Series matchup, they predict that being a battle of Ohio between the Cincinnati Reds and the Cleveland Guardians. That would be kind of fun. Would I would be, be all really- in on that. That'd be a lot of fun. Um, I think I'd have to fly in for that, Jeff. And you and I just have to drive back and forth between. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, uh, it's fun to speculate about it. And for me, the the takeaway from it for me is this. Uh, Do do they know enough to say the Reds are going to be in the World Series? No. Do they have any idea, for the most part, who's going to be on the team at that time? Not really. But what it tells me is they're looking at the current state of the Reds' farm system They're projecting a certain percentage of those guys to work out and be the guys that we hope they're going to be. And if that happens, the Reds are going to be a talented team within a window of time. I think that's what they're doing. So for me, at least it's just another reinforcement of being excited about some of the young talent that Nick Carl brought in with all of the
0: deals last year, trading away veterans. I believe that the Reds will be in the World Series before then, and I, I, I see that because them picking the Reds nine years out, at that point, uh, Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo, Graham Ashcraft, Jonathan India, Tyler Stevenson, Ellie De La Cruz, Noelvi Marte, and Christian Encarnacion Strand, and probably a couple other rookies that I'm forgetting, Alexis Diaz, they're all going to be in their second contracts, or at least at the stage in their, their career, where they're into their second contracts, i.e. not every single one of those guys are going to be on the Reds roster. So they're predicting a Reds team that has people that we don't currently know on the team making the World Series. And that's the hardest part about this is to look at it and just say, well, it kind of feels like there's a certain point in this exercise that MLB.com has done that you just kind of throw some darts at the board and say, who have we not written about in this article? Because I think that by 2032 okay this uh, i don't know i don't know that this is really a take but this is a thought by 2032 we might have new ownership so who knows maybe the team is completely different don't don't
1: tease me jeffrey (laughs) don't 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 tease me at with things (laughs) like that i god i hope that's true i i I really do and listen and and for And for all you folks watching us live right now, you know, this segment, uh, Jeff and I decided to just focus in on some random, uh, it's a potpourri. As one would say of of a few Reds related things that have been in the news recently I think Jeff and I both with this this World Series prediction thing like yeah it's fun that someone's talking about the Reds a little bit Uh, but there's a couple other things that happened Jeff and I'm I'm, i know you're scrolling through the rundown going what's he going to talk about now I didn't write it down because I forgot Uh, but I did want to make mention of the fact that our guy the crafty lefty himself Chris Welsh who is a, a, a friend of mine and a friend of the podcast uh was named the ohio sports caster sports broadcaster uh, i forget the exact title but he was the something ohio of the year uh broadcaster sports person something. um I think he was the thing in
0: ohio of the year he was
1: the something of the year at any rate uh you know i i just i just wanted to kind of make mention of it and shout out to chris because uh you know in, in this day and age of of more and more guys that um you know, move on to the next gig and, and focus in on, you know, like trying to just be the color guy on TV or whatever. Chris has kind of, found himself in a position now uh, that he didn't start out in where he kind of does it all. He's on the radio. He's on the pregame. He's on the postgame. He's on the TV broadcast. Uh, you know, he, he kind of does, he basically does everything, but Jim, Jim day's job and wandering around game. the stands and, and you know, hell they may ask him to do that this year for all we know, but you know, he's kind of done it all and he does it all with tremendous professionalism and he does it all with, uh, with a lot of knowledge and he does it all very well. And, you know, I, I tell you all the time when I find myself able to sit down with him, he comes to Hawaii in the off season and we generally try to get together while he's here. And, you know, it's a, there's been a couple times we've been like sitting on the beach, sipping coffee and he's talking to me about baseball. And I'm like, what is this life I'm living? He just has so much baseball smart, and, and can, and, and can explain it and, and, and have a conversation about it where you don't feel lesser than, or you don't feel lost. And I think that translates into the broadcast that he does as well. When you're listening to him, you don't get lost. You can, you can learn something. You can find a takeaway and each one of his uh, efforts in the broadcast booth or on the radio. I feel like I pick something up by listening to him. And, you know, I don't think there's another guy out there that deserves to be recognized more than him. Uh, You know, I think it was great uh, that they recognized him.
0: Yeah. We, we, as Reds fans are super blessed with the plethora of voices that we have around our team, whether you're talking about Chris Welsh or whether you're talking about John Sadak, you're talking about Tommy Thrall, talking about Jeff Brantley, all those different guys, like they all present so many different points of view and, and you've got different delivery styles as well. Like I know whenever Chris is on the broadcast, whether it's radio or television, it's going to be the smartest form in the broadcast. And uh, I I really think that any time you hear him talk about baseball, you will be smarter about the game. And I, I also think that you know I, I watch I watch the Cavs, I watch the Blue Jackets, I watch as much Ohio sports as I can, and and they all have fine announcers, but n- nobody's as good as as what we have for the Reds. So I'm very I'm very pleased to see that he won that. Also, shout out to C Trent getting Sports Writer of the Year for the state of Ohio. That's right.
1: My bad. Absolutely. And we'll well we'll spend some time talking about him maybe in the, in our next, uh, next episode, or maybe we'll just have him on. We'll reach out and get him in here and talk about it a little bit. But, you know, I think that uh, Ohio uh, sports in general, and since Night specifically have been blessed with a, a lot of talent covering the team in sometimes difficult situations that I think not everybody is aware of what right. goes on behind the scenes sometimes and what these guys have to do to get a story. Uh, but I think they do a great job of getting the story and bringing it forward. Uh, but listen, Jeff, I think we've hit a point where we can move on to my favorite part of uh these Aloha Live Fridays which is the questions and the comments. So we're going to jump into the questions and the comment section and basically put you all the viewers and listeners in the driver's seat. Uh this is going to be a lot of fun. It's my favorite part. I can't wait to get rolling on this. And we're going to do that in just a second. But first, I want to tell you to remember you can follow the podcast on all platforms, including right here on YouTube. Click subscribe. Click the notification bell so you never miss a beat with us. You get all of the updates when we post something, and you get notified when we go live. You can also follow us between shows. You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at S. Offenbaker with two Fs. You can follow Jeff at Jeff Carr. That's Jeff with three Fs. And you can follow the show at Locked On all right let's do this thing jeffrey because the comment section has been active for hours when when i logged in to the to the software here to to get ready i was like wow look at all this people were ready and you know <laughs> raring to go so we're gonna I'm right ready
0: to talk about the lineup and i I see some comments about
1: that there is and there, there's a lot of stuff uh i'm mean, gonna hope i say this right uh joseph gaditza is that right joseph gaditza uh well, the Reds add an established starter for the rotation at some point before we fire up the season? I think it would be wise. A veteran presence would help the young fellas. All of that's correct, Joseph. Uh, I think it would be wise. I think it would help the young fellas. The answer is no. Uh, the only caveat to that is if a veteran arm becomes available towards the end of spring training by way of a cut by a guy that didn't make a team, I could see the Reds taking a flyer with a with a incentive laden deal. Because if you remember, Nick Craw has said they got to get creative for anybody else that they sign. So one way to do that would be, you know, a low base salary with some incentives. Uh, And then if that guy comes in and performs well, they'll trade him by the trade deadline. And, uh, you know, everybody wins at that point.
0: Yeah, I think that there's an element of wait and see from the planning of this roster when they're talking about spring training they're really going to give the young arms all the opportunity to win a job they're going to give brandon williamson all the opportunity to win a rotation spot levi stout um and maybe to a little bit of a lesser degree andrew abbott i still think he starts the year in triple a no matter what um but also you know you've still got guys like are they going to figure out if Luis Sessa is a starter? Are they going to figure out if Connor Overton is a starter? Is Justin Dunn still a starter? Like there's lots of guys who, yeah, you're not excited about because they're more question marks and you're not really going to get a veteran who isn't a question mark at this point. Anyway, you're going to be, it's basically going to be, this was the time of the year or eh, maybe it was a few weeks after this, but this was about the time of the year where the Reds made the trade uh, for Mike Miner. So, well, Okay, so Oof. I say that, but right now was Oof. the lockout last year. So I don't know why Oof. I said that. Um, right after the lockout, they made the trade for Mike Minor. So they're not going to do go that. Nick Crawl's not going to, you know, stretch for a Mike Minor guy. He's going to get an invite to spring training, waiver wire edition, you know, a Brandon Drury esque starting pitcher. Like you said, Steve, probably somewhere toward the middle or back half of spring training.
1: Hey, and speaking of spring training, w- the dates have come out. Pitchers and catchers report February fourteenth. You know, and I gotta wonder if like all the players' wives are like really Valentine's Day? Like really, you couldn't <laughs> wait till the fifteenth? Well, I couldn't. Okay, have, all the players' wives I couldn't like have uh,
0: re- yeah a
1: nice dinner. I couldn't <laughs> have like you know some roses and some presents before and baseball. You
0: know, all of the players are going. Oh,
1: Thank God. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Pitchers
0: and catchers report February
1: 14th, Uh, physicals and workouts begin February 15th for pitchers and catchers. So that is exciting news. It's not that far away. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to at least you uh, remember that I have
0: to ask Hannah exactly what day it is. And she always looks at me like I have four heads when I say that. So (laughs)
1: <laughs> I have, you know, listen, for a little inside baseball for everybody following, you know, I have, I've spent quite a bit of time at the, the Carr family abode, and I never come away from there not wondering how it is that Hannah doesn't slap you in the back of the head every time <laughs> she walks by you, just because you, be. you deserve it, but... <laughs> David S checks in and says he doesn't see David Bell putting Jonathan India at the DH position. We talked about this yesterday with our lineups and where I was 100% correct with mine, Jeff. Um, listen, David, when we said this, uh, we weren't talking about full-time DH. And, and you mentioned that you feel like it would look like a demotion and, and not a good look for India. I could see them aging Steer. Yeah, absolutely. I can see uh, a rotation of designated hitters throughout the season. The idea is to use the designated hitter position as almost a day of rest. You keep the bats in the lineup, but they don't got to play the field. They can rest their legs a little bit. So there's going to be a rotation through there: Spencer Steer, Jonathan India, Tyler Stevenson, Joey Votto, uh, and and more guys, uh, depending on how the whole thing shakes out. So, yeah,
0: yeah. and 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 that was. More so in that scenario, because we were talking about the lineup and the nine best hitters and how you get them on the field, and I'm like, well, if you're going to put both Kevin Newman and Jose Barrero on the field at the same time, that's your middle infield, so Jonathan india has got to go somewhere else. And in that scenario, he plays DH. I don't think he plays DH every day. I don't think, I think Joey Votto probably gets the most time at DH, and when you oh. break down how much time they're going to give each player, I'd say he probably gets it 35% of the Wow. That's kind of, look, hey, look at you bringing a little bit of a hot take that
1: Joey Votto will get the most starts at designated hitter in 2023. Yes. Okay. I'm not sure who I would argue that with, Um, except that I would like to see Tyler Stevenson get a lot of starts at designated hitter. Um, Yeah, maybe him and Joey Votto compete for that role. It'd be interesting to see, see how that plays and, out.
0: I could see Joey and Tyler combining for like a 65% market share of the reds dh possession and then everybody else is another 35 percent yeah okay i did math right okay yeah okay jim
1: m checks in jim m checks in and i'm and i'm putting this up there basically because he doesn't like your troll of a title I'm going to put that there first. Uh, but then here's here's why I'm throwing this up here. We need a more reliable player to replace Nick Senzel. That's what Jim is saying. He also says that we need to quit trying to save face. And I just want to remind everybody, we do not work for the Reds. Uh, what they do, we don't have to save face with that. But uh, to his point about a more reliable player, yes, they do. But that Ooh. player doesn't exist on the Reds roster
0: right now. I think that reliable player is the other version of Nick Senzel we haven't seen. Like if that, if that happens, if Nick Senzel comes out and he's hitting like 275, 280 in the month of April, I think everybody's going to be like, oh, and, you know, getting on base like 33, 34% of the time. I think that that's going to be a good sign that Nick Senzel is going to take that next step. Absolutely. And let's,
1: let's squeeze a few more in here for the audio listeners before we wrap the audio side uh, for the YouTube folks. Uh, when we do that audio wrap, stay right here. We're going to keep right on going with your questions and comments. But uh, Joseph Garitza again, uh, I just wanted Nick Senzel to be good. Uh, we'll, never, uh, we'll likely never find out as he's never on the field. That's true. Injuries have hampered him. Uh, I wanted him to be good too. Listen, I was uh, the biggest Nick Senzel Homer fan you guys could find. If you were following me over on Red's alert, when Nick Senzel got called up, it was like a holiday. Uh, We dropped an emergency podcast. I had Nick Senzel's dad on. We talked with his dad about the whole process of him getting called up. Uh, I am a Nick Senzel fan and I still want to believe that he can figure it out and that he can be good uh but we've we've reached the stage where i'm not going to hold my breath for it he just needs to go out and shock us
0: something i haven't mentioned either is and then we've talked about it a little bit on other pods but on this episode i haven't mentioned it is that you know it's going to be interesting to see when he reports the spring training because as much as i do want him to break out and as much as the reds would benefit from him breaking out like Joseph said, he's got to be on the field, and last we saw him, he was on a scooter at Duke Energy Convention Center, so hopefully he's going to be ready for opening day, but as of right now, he's in the same camp as Joey as, well, you got to wait and see if that's going to happen. Charlie White checks in, Jeff, and says
1: that the Reds have Senzel out of position. He's a third baseman, not an outfielder. I put that up there to ask you this question, Jeff. Does the fact that the Reds have moved him around so much and turned him into an outfielder and all of those things, is that part of the problem? Has that impacted his offensive performance? Or what
0: so. say you? I think so because the entire time after he was drafted up until he got to AAA, he never played in the outfield. And then he got to AAA and they're like, "Oh yeah, we need a center fielder. Let's let's put him in center field." and then they're like okay well we're gonna play service time manipulation but he needs time in center field and so they gave him like 12 games and then they called him up and it's just like he's a fast learner yeah it's like that's not gonna happen like i do believe that the way that they messed around with his positioning messed around with his overall development
1: that's a fair point. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I go back and forth because these are major leaguers we're talking about. And in the case of Nick Senzel, we're now four seasons. He would never say that for sure. Right. He'll never say that. And we're also four years into this center field thing. So I think at some point that has to stop being a crutch and it has to be about him being healthy and about him delivering. And he hasn't done either one of those things and that is where we're going to wrap up the audio edition folks if you're on the youtube feed stay right here uh, we're going to keep right on going but for our audio listeners that's going to do it for today's episode watch your feeds for a bonus episode to drop a little bit later which will have the continuation of the q a that jeff and i are going to do right here on youtube uh but for the audio folks uh coming up next week we're going to continue to follow this team and dig through what's going on we're going to look at some of the prospects uh i hear tell that we're going to be joined by a prospect expert maybe from within the locked on family. And speaking of that guy, uh, after you've listened to this show, go check out his show, make your second listen of the day, the locked on MLB prospects podcast with Lindsay Crosby. Lindsay will probably be joining us next week to talk prospects within the reds organization because he is a prospect encyclopedia. Uh, He can bring you all of the info on Major League Baseball's Stars of Tomorrow. The Locked On MLB Prospects podcast, just like Locked On Reds, is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Until we talk to you again in the audio feeds, we will keep you locked on Reds every single day.
0: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music.